Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and community safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Miami Mercenaries, really, that's the double M. Born baller, baby boy, I be about the rim. What's good, family? It's your boy, Just Blaze, host of the best NBA pod in the game, Above the Rim. Keep it locked each week and join myself and a special guest as we tackle the latest rumblings in the league. If it's happening in the NBA, you know I got you covered. Make sure you subscribe on all platforms and leave that five-star review. Let's get it. Shit getting out of hand now. When they're waking you up talking about it's, it's a northeast, it's a storm outside here. Listen. Or would you welcome the the game be called a little bit tighter, or is it playoff basketball? As Drew said, it makes men out of boys. This is what it is. Uh, how, wait, hold on. How much uh, does it cost if I take Mr. Dan? Is Mr. Dan here? No. Barry, uh, how much does it cost if I uh, say something, a comment about the ref? Is it twenty thousand? It's a lot of money, eh? so I should not do it. I save my money. I gotta pay for diapers. Talk about it. You are now tuned in to Above the Rim. Hoops talk for the streets. Family, family, what's good? Welcome back to another edition of Above the Rim. Hoops talk for the streets. You already know how we do. Brought to you as always. It's your host, Justin, aka Just Blaze. Family, you know the drill to get in contact with me. You can always hit me up and follow me on Twitter at JustBlaze underscore 513. On IG, on IG at JustBlaze513. On Facebook, search Above the Rim Podcast. Also email the show as well, above the rim NBA podcast at gmail.com. Tap in and leave the family of voicemail. The line is always open, 908-718-1592. Family, make sure you call and talk about it live. Support the show as well. You can do that by copying your merch. You already know the link is in my bio. Very easy to find. Fly hoodies, fly tees, fly merch. Let's do it, man. Leave your boy review on iTunes and Spotify as well. Check out the YouTube page as well for the videos. Link is in my bio. Also easy to find. Let's get into it, family. Solo episode this week. Uh, I was going to wait till after the semifinals was done to do this episode, but um, the players, the playoffs are starting to get a little juicy, so I had to come on the mic, you know, talk my junk a little bit. Um, let's get started, man. News came out today. 
Nikola Jokic wins MVP for the second year in a row, back-to-back MVP. Well-deserved, but I'm going to keep it apart. He was my MVP this year. Not taking anything away from his season because it was and it was uh, MVP caliber, but the Nuggets being the sixth seed to me, him being a defensive liability and pressure moments in the playoffs, it bothers me a little bit. I'm not going to hold you, family. It bothers me a little bit. Now, like I said, the MVP was deserving. I'm not saying he didn't deserve MVP this year because he was exceptional all season. He had his two, uh, his second best and his third best in command, both being out this year for majority of the season with Michael Porter Jr. being out for majority, Jamal Murray being out for the whole season. And he still got to the Nuggets to the sixth seed. But that right there, and it was commendable, but that right there is my issue. A six, a six-seeded MVP to me is not it. MVP, in my personal opinion, has to be at least a four-seed and up. At least some type of home court advantage in the playoffs for me to say you had a very, very extremely successful year, very much over uh, overachieving year. Um, now, Russell Westbrook, when he won it a couple of years back, he won it as a six seed, but that was more of a, you know, more of a charity MVP. It was more of a sympathetic MVP. It was kind of a narrative MVP that year. So, um, you know, KD left him and everything like that going on. So we know why he won it that year. But to me, this was Joel Embiid's MVP season, a first year who, uh, the first year um, that a center led the league in scoring since Shaq. You know, I think it was an exceptional season for Joel Embiid. I think to me, he was the best, the best individual player in the NBA this entire season from start to finish. Didn't really miss too many games. He missed a couple of games this year. A lot of them, you know, due to rest, due to loads management. But he was there for his team. His second best player was gone this season with Ben Simmons quit quitting on the team. Now, I can't even talk... It's not even talking about Ben Simmons, but his second best player quit on him and they could have packed it in this season. Listen, the 76ers could have came into the season saying, all right, Ben is not here. This is a lost season. Let's just get some lottery picks or whatever the case may be or just be a, you know, a mediocre team this year. But no, they came in all playing together under Doc Rivers and said, listen, I'm going to take this season very seriously. And listen, we're playing for something this year. So it got them to a top four seed in the East. And now they're in the second second round playing against the Miami Heat in position to maybe advance into the conference finals. We'll see. So I think this was an exceptional year for uh, Joel Embiid. Um, so to me, he was my MVP this year. Giannis was also a candidate. Devin Booker was also a candidate. Both very deserving. But um, the people who vote for MVP don't really play ball like that. Come on now. They're journalists, you know, which means they love a good story. Hence why the MVP award is very narrative-based, all by journalists. So, I mean, to me, MVP doesn't really mean what it once did before, which was the best player, the best individual player in that particular season. So it's no longer that to me. In my opinion, it's more of a story, more of a narrative-based. So I guess, you know, give it to uh, Nikola Jokic. Great season for him, exceptional season. And um, hey, well-deserved, man, well-deserved. Coach of the year. Monty Williams won that. Shout out to my guy, Monty Williams, winning Coach of the Year. Should have been back-to-back Coach of the Year, but, you know, this year will do. Uh, this Coach of the Year, it, uh, uh, Coach of the Year candidates, they were, to me, in my opinion, there was only about three candidates. Taylor Jenkins out there in Memphis, Coach Spo out there in Miami, and then also Monty Williams, Monty Williams out there in Phoenix. So, uh, well-deserved for Monty. The Suns are the number one seed in the year. You've been the best coach in the league for about two years now. So, exceptional motivator. Exceptional motivator, exceptional person, exceptional man. Monty Williams, Coach of the Year. 
While we're here on Monty and the Suns, let's get into this playoff action, man. Let's talk about the first series that I wanted to discuss, the Dallas Mavericks, the Phoenix Suns series is now tied up 2-2. You know, it's been a tale of two games in this series, man. The first two games, the Phoenix Suns won, they played exceptional. The last two games, they played horrible, and the Dallas Mavericks played exceptional in the last two games, and it took those two. Uh, for the series, some of the numbers for the series, CP is averaging 16-5-5. Five five. Book is giving you 26-4-6. Aiton giving you 16-8. Zero blocks, zero steals, zero assists. Zero assists, I'm going to address... Excuse me, I'm going to address that. Jay Crowder giving you 15. Cam Johnson giving you 10. Cameron Payne giving you a measly three points off the bench. Luka is doing his thing per usual. Leading the playoffs and scoring with over 31 a game. In this particular series, Luka's averaging 33, 9, and 8. Brunson is giving you 17. Dorian Finney-Smith is giving you 13. Klaver's giving you 13. Bullock is giving you 11. Dinwiddie is giving you 8. Those are the numbers for the series, man. Let's talk about it. Uh, like I said, game two, uh, the first two games went to the Suns. The last two games have been going to the Dallas Mavericks. Game four, I want to talk about. This is the game that just happened this weekend um, on Sunday. The rest were absolutely ridiculous. Now, listen, I know Scott Foster wasn't there, but he sent the pigeons out. He sent the pigeons out for game four. He put out the borough call to the other referees to go handle your business. The officiating displays for all teams have been horrific, if I'm keeping it in the book. Horrific. You know, people who watch these games and think that the refs don't impact these games tremendously, they're just idiots. Referee calls, especially when they're inconsistent, can completely change and sway momentum in a game and also in a series. But um, if we're being honest, that's not the only reason the Suns lost, man. This wasn't the main reason they lost. It was the main reason, but it wasn't the only reason. The Suns just played poorly. They played poorly in games three. They played poorly in games four. They deserve to lose, man. Leaving shooters open overhelping in this series, being way too reactive to a Luka or to a Brunson drive. Very uncharacteristic play from the Phoenix Suns. And these and, and the fellas need to tighten it up. They need to tighten it up immediately. The difference in game four was definitely three-point shooting. Dallas went 20 of 44, 45%. Phoenix went nine for 25, 36% from three. That's a difference of about 33 points. It's hard to win a game with that type of discrepancy in the scoreboard, especially from the three-point line, and especially with the crowd behind the Dallas Mavericks while they were hitting all those threes and there were some loud threes. Dorian Finney-Smith had, what, a career high, I believe, in game four. So they played great. They played exceptional. The supporting cast came to play. And to me, a couple of takeaways from this series right here. Listen, the Suns, their game plan from the get-go has been clear. Tack Luka defensively at every opportunity in hopes that it'll wear him down on both ends. Now, it worked in games one. It worked in game two. Mostly in game two. But, um, but the Suns, they just weren't aggressive enough in games three and games four. Listen, I need Book to turn it up in this series. Rest of three games left, I need him to turn it up in this series. CP might be a little exhausted from carrying the load um, in last series. But for Book, he needs to turn it up and needs to turn it up for the rest of the series. If Luka is averaging 33, I'm going to need Book to average 33, all right? 26 is cute and cuddly, but the team needs a little bit more from you, especially in the scoring department. I know... Listen, your numbers are great. You're already averaging 26. I'm not saying you're doing enough. I'm not saying you're not doing enough, but I need you to do a tad bit more, all right? Now, when I say more, I mean loud, impactful, timely buckets from Denver Book. You're the leading scorer. You're the best scorer on this team. Mm, I need you to take over the same way Luka is for his for his team. You're already playing great, but I need an all-time series from Denver Book. I need the same 
that you gave me in that Lakers series last year when you had to close out those boys, when you had a phenomenal game six, when you went over there in the Staples Center and you tore them up in... I think that was game six when you tore them up. You had like a, what, a 40-point game or something like that. I need one of those book-type games where he's shooting 15 for 19, 40 points, couple of threes, five rebounds, five assists. I need one of those type of games. And I think he's definitely due for it because, listen, nobody in this series can guard you. They can't. This Dorian Finney-Smith has been on you. Jalen Brunson has been on you at times. Sometimes they switch out Reggie Bullock, whoever they had up on you, but... The defender that the Mavericks can throw out to you, they can't hold you. Book, I need to see a little bit more from you, and I know you can do that. And um, next couple of games, we're going to have to see you step up a little bit more, even though you have been playing well. CP, his last two, these last two games he's been playing have been unacceptable. Seven turnovers in one of those games. Yeah, more turnovers and fouls the next game. I need you to be focused, my brother. You're not focused enough, especially in these last two, uh, these last two road games. Now, listen, the Mavs, Solid defensive team, but they're not elite. They're not an elite team. You're going to have to come off the ball a little bit to preserve some energy, CP. Uh, but step it up. The team needs you. When CP isn't on the floor, the guys are starting to fall asleep a little bit. They're playing a little lethargic. Uh, Cameron Payne, listen, Cameron Payne, he needs to lose his spot in the rotation immediately for the rest of this series. Some of these losses... You know, he contributes to 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 a few of these to a few of these two losses in the series because he's not giving you the offensive impact that you have been used to last year and this year coming off the bench with uh with Cameron Payne. Now, some of these two losses are also Armani as well. I know he's one of the most loyal coaches in the NBA, but you gotta make two critical adjustments in this series right now, Monty. You gotta either take Payne out. Cut his minutes down, uh, cut his minutes down a little bit in the rotation. Play a little bit more Aaron Holiday, a little bit more Landry Shaman. They can give you some minutes, they can give you some energy, some shooting, and some defense. And give give my man Biombo some minutes. Beyond give Biombo some minutes either in a two-big lineup or maybe instead of Javel sometimes. There have been a couple of times where Javel looks a little tired as well, and he may need a a, a break. So I need more Biombo minutes. However, you wanna, however you wanna do it. The Suns inside presence should be their advantage in this series, but they haven't been utilizing it at all. Even though they're leading, uh, leading the series in the rebounding department, the Mavs are not even playing a center. Claybaugh out there is their center, but Luka is the leading rebounder for the Dallas Mavericks right now. So, uh, uh, with that being said, the Suns have three capable bigs, starting caliber bigs on their team that needs to take advantage of the interior presence. Now, there's an APB out on DeAndre Ayton also since game one, so hopefully they find him. We'll see. The Suns dominating the paint, pick and rolls, couple of post-ups, a little bit more baby jump hooks from DeAndre Ayton, physicality from Biombo, JaVel McGee, and it should be a nice uh, uh, rest of a couple of series. On the Mavs side, Luka has been giving buckets to anyone on the Suns, whoever they throw at him. Mikel is having a tough time guarding him, but um, let's be real. Luka's a big boy, tons of skill, one of the best players in the league. There's no really way that Mikel can really shut him down. He can only make him work a little bit. And he's been doing that, but Luka's still getting his. Now, I noticed also since game two, uh, Jason Kidd, the Mavs coach, he made a, a pretty savvy adjustment to play Luka in the post a lot more in game two, which has been giving the Suns a few problems. Luka in the paint, you know, it creates a lot of space for him uh, to facilitate damn near. Uh, he's damn near playing as a, as a facilitating guard and center right now in their lineup. 
you know, him being in the post, it creates a lot of space for himself and his teammates. It allows Brunson to attack downhill. The floor is spaced out a lot more. Uh, Kleber has just been able to uh, stick in the corner. He's allowing to give Bertan some minutes when he shouldn't be playing in this series at all. Um, so, shout out to JK for an exceptional adjustment to keep a Luka uh, in the post. And it's been giving the Suns problems. I can't deny. So, um, we'll see how now how Monty adjusts to that. And we'll see how this series goes moving forward. But also, man, I'm I'm tired of you. I'm tired of uh, these guys on Twitter talk crying about that Luka has no help. That seemed to be the narrative in games one and two. And that's ridiculous. Listen, I know that's how I know a lot of these dudes on Twitter. They they never really play basketball or any type of competitive sport in their lives to act like these NBA players are bums or they garbage, like they can't contribute in a meaningful way. Um, listen, just because they're not getting playoff minutes, it doesn't mean they can't, right? Luca has help. They had a, he had enough help to get to a fourth seed, fourth seed in the Western Conference. They have enough help to win games. They have enough talent to win games. But with that being said, the Suns are the better team, and the Suns need to take care of business. So we'll see what happens with the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Suns in this Dallas Mavericks series. And I'm looking to see how these last three games uh, shake up for both teams because it's getting interesting. Warriors, Grizzlies. Man, what a series this has turned into. Might even come to fist by the end of this series. Physical play, hard fouls, injuries because of those fouls, maybe some retaliation going on, coaches calling each other's teams dirty. It's a lot. It's a lot going on for a very uh, highly anticipated series going on here for the Memphis Grizzlies and the, and the Golden State Warriors, man. John Moran being hurt really changes the course of this series. Obviously. And I'm curious to see what happens, especially tonight in Game 4. We're recording this right now. Game 4 is going to be uh, in about an hour or two. But man, before he got hurt, John Moran has continued to show us why he's the best young talent in the NBA. He's been putting on a show, and I appreciate him bouncing back from a, a tough first-round series against the T-Wolves, man. This series is averaging 38, 6, and 8. 38, 6, and 8 against one of the premier defenses in the league. The Warriors have no answer for him, but, but in my opinion, when Ja's playing so well, the other supporting cast on the Memphis Grizzlies, they tend to start ball watching and they're playing off of him a little bit too much. Um, the supporting cast, you know, they need to be a little bit more aggressive. And the only one that I see really being aggressive on this Memphis Grizzlies squad is Triple J. He's giving you over 20 this season. He's giving you about 20 and 7 this series. A couple of things I noticed. What happened to my son, Bane? APB out for Bane, my brother. He's averaging, averaging 10 points in this series from Desmond Bane is egregious. It's egregious. Last, last series, he averaged over 20. This series, he's averaging 10 points. That's egregious to me. Get it together. Get it together. You're better than this. You averaged over 20 last series, like I said before. Now, I know Bane, he may be a little bit more tired, chasing around screens all day, but... I think he's had a, a slight a back issue as well. Everybody's banged up in the playoffs, man. Uh, Bane, I need you to step up, especially playing without John. This next game that's coming up here tonight, we're gonna see, we're gonna see what happens there. Love Triple J. He's been e exceptional, um, but he shouldn't be the second scorer on the team. I the, the second scorer on the team should be Desmond Bane or Dylan Brooks. And Dylan Brooks, obviously, we know. He was suspended for game three. He hasn't been there. He's one of the main contributors on an offensive end for the Grizzlies as well. Um, but listen, Triple J giving you 20 points. 
the 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 next up on the scoring list is Zaire is Zaire Williams. That needs to change also as well. Brandon Clark is having a solid series, giving good energy. Kyus Jones, Melton, they got to give a little bit more. They're not scoring enough for this war uh, for this Grizzlies team to actually compete with the Warriors on the offensive side of the ball, and it's hurting them. Listen, they can play with all of the energy that they want, but they need some more offensive production. They need some more points. They need some more scoring, and not so many. Tough baskets. When Josh scores, it looks like he got to work. He has to work way too hard. So, Grizzlies got to play better. They got to give him some space. They got to give him some room. They got to help out a lot more. On the Warriors side, the, the Warriors, they're shooting. What are they shooting? They're shooting 50%, over 50% from this series, which means they're getting everything they want in this particular series. Steph is having a quiet series to his standards, and he's still dropping 27 at night. A calm 27. A light 27 he's dropping on you guys. Jordan Poole is outplaying Desmond Bain, and that is the real issue here, fellas. Jordan Poole is giving 26, while Bain is giving you 10 points a night. That can't happen. There's no possible way the Grizzlies can win this series, win this series when Jordan Poole is outplaying Desmond Bain by 16 points. Absolutely no way you can win this series. So, Bain... Got a few more games left. You got about two or three games left for you to really pick it up, really step it up. Um, the Grizzlies are relying on you, man. They need you to score, man. They they really do need you to score. So I'm looking for you to really step it up. And hopefully the Grizzlies get their mojo back because I haven't seen them gritty all series. I haven't seen a gritty all series from these brothers. So we'll see how they uh, shape up in the next couple of games. And hopefully they can get their fire back and play with some more intensity, uh, play with some more intensity and energy. Uh, starting with tonight's game. So we'll see how that rocks out. The Miami Heat, Philadelphia 76ers, the series now tied 2-2 also was well in the Eastern Conference. And Joel Embiid was first out for the first two games. The Heat dominated. Mastin B came back for games three and game four. And the 76ers took those two games. Harden had a nice throwback game in game four, just trying to shut people up. Um, he played excellent in that last game. He's averaging 21-7-7 for the series. Maxi is leading uh, the Philadelphia 76ers in scoring with 23 a night in this series. Tobias is here with 17 a night and Embiid with 21. I think 21-11 and 11 in this series. Uh, Harden. Let's talk about James Harden a little bit. Listen, like I said, game four, he played a lot better. He looked a lot more Harden-like in, uh, in game four. Game one, two, and three. Games one and two, he was... Semi-aggressive, he could. He definitely can be a lot more aggressive. Game three, he played a little bit better. He must have felt a lot more comfortable with Joel Embiid on the floor, which is obvious. Uh, the rest of the team plays better with Jamel, with Joel Embiid on the floor. But uh, Harden, man, he's, he's failed to reach 25 points in all of his playoff games except for the last one, which is uh, a good guy, a good sign going forward that if, if, he, if he keeps on this track. But for this, he failed to reach 25 points in any of his playoff game. And the last time he went eight straight playoff games in one year without scoring at least 25 points was in 2012 when he was the sixth man on the Thunder. So since James Harden has been a starter James Harden, man on the team James Harden, he's never scored uh, under 25 points for this many consecutive games in a row. So need Harden to step up. A couple of episodes back, I've been saying a lot about him that um, is he going to be a piece or the piece? We'll see by the end of the series, by the end of the series, which one he is. And I don't know what to make of Harden in this series, man. His role has really 
is really morphed now into a into being a facilitating guard full time, full time. But the 76ers, they need him to score a little bit more, man. Now, it is the Heat. Exceptional perimeter defense. We know that. Very tough to score on them. We know that. They can throw a lot of defensive guys at you. PJ is hounding you all night. Uh, you got Oladipo switching up on you. you. Got Jimmy Butler switching up on you at times. You got Bam switching out on you with their switching style defense. Um, but James Harden, he can still be a little bit more aggressive, man. He, he still definitely can. I know his step back is not falling right now as it, as it once used to. But um, still got to shoot it. I don't want him to not shoot and not be as aggressive because that's if you if you if you stray away from your aggressiveness and you're not even a threat, you're not even a decoy on the floor with Joel Embiid not being 100 percent is really gonna hurt your team. So um, Maxi being the leading scorer for Philly in the series actually works to the Heat's advantage. So I would like to see James Harden really step up. Maxi has been exceptional. I can't really say too much about him. He's been overachieving, playing well. Nobody expects him to average at least 23 in this series. He averaged, what, 26 or 7 last series against the Raptors with a couple of 30-point games. He's been excellent. <clears throat> so nothing else to say about him there. And Joel Embiid coming back, it changes everything. The Heat don't have an answer for him. He's just too much in the post, in the mid post, on the elbow, in the high key, in the free throw line. He's just too much for Bam right now. Um, and especially in last game, in game four, it, it still wasn't a usual, typical MVP-like to Joel Embiid standards. <clears throat> but he was torching the heat, man. He was torching the heat from the inside, from the outside, getting fouls called. It was, it was really nothing that Bam could really do with him. And Bam is one of the best defensive players in the entire league. So the Heat are really in for it right now. And Joel Embiid really coming back really changes the series. I, series, obviously, as everyone would know, but he got a counter. They need to get back to the drawing board. They need to do their homework. And I have a lot of respect for Spo, and I have a lot of confidence to Spo that he will devise another game plan. And and I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat come out in Game Five, um, clicking on all cylinders with a different game plan. So we'll see how that rocks out. And the Heat, they're probably, I mean, in my opinion, they're probably gonna have to double every possession. And just not let Joel Embiid beat them. Now, the Heat are the Heat are equipped to beat the 76ers team, but their offense is a problem. Looks a little disjointed at times, relying on Jimmy to score, and that's not really how they play. Now, I'm going to keep it a stack here. Lowry has been dreadful. Chubbs has been dreadful. 27 minutes a night in this series, he's giving you three points and five assists. I'm going to repeat that. In 27 minutes a night, this series, Kyle Lowry is giving you three points and five assists per game. Now, listen, I know his role has never been to score, but he has to become a threat out there for this for a team that struggles to score, especially in the half court. Jimmy is giving you 27. He's playing way better than he normally is, uh, than he normally does. Uh, actually, in the playoffs, he actually steps up anyway. So this is pretty much typical Jimmy Butler um, Bam Adebayo is giving you 19. Hero's giving you 17. Oladipo is giving you 11. Struess is giving you 7. Struess giving you 7 is really important because with Struess playing now and Struess starting now, it's completely eliminated Duncan Robinson out of the rotation. He's been buried on the bench by Spo, But I think he needs some run, man. The Heat, they have to get back to what they do best. Create turnovers, pound the ball, run, get easy baskets. If they set up on the half court, Every single possession on the floor, they will struggle. 
That's not their strong shoot, and that's not what makes the Heat the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler has been lights out all playoff, top five, all playoffs, top five and playoff points per game, but he can't do it all on the offensive side of the ball. He can't do it all on his own on the offensive end. I expect the Heat to rebound in this series, and I expect this series to now go seven, but it's now a toss-up. Both of these teams can beat each other fully healthy or not fully healthy. Both of them have seen each other's best shot. They've seen the best Heat shot. They've seen the best Philadelphia 76ers. And it's going to really be a dogfight going forward. Now, the Heat don't really have to win two games in Philly. Uh, Philly has to win two games in Miami. But one thing I will say, it is doable to win two games in Miami because Heat crowd isn't the best in the league. I'll give you that. I'll say that lightly. Listen, I've been to a lot of Heat games. It's not the best, but they're down for their team. And I think the Heat are, I think the Heat can overcome something like that. And listen, I got the Heat in this series. I had the Heat in, I think I had them in five or six. I can't even remember. I had them either in five or six. I had them. Um, So it's still on track to either do six, not five. Um, But honestly, right now, the way this series looks like, looks it, it's going seven. And it's a toss up. And it could go either way. So it's going to be very interesting, interesting to see. Uh, this series shakes out, and I can't wait to see the end of it. Uh, Bucks and Celtics game going on right now. Game four currently, the Bucks are up two one. Um, looks like maybe the Bucks might win this game. I mean, it's still in the third quarter, third quarter now, but the Bucks are just up right now. But we'll see how it goes. But for this series, up until now, Jalen Jalen Brown has been giving you twenty three and nine. Tatum has given only twenty three and five. Horford fifteen. Grant Williams, 12, Smart, 9, Time Lord, 8 and 5. On the Bucks side, Giannis is being a monster. 31 and 11, 9. Drew giving you 23, stepping up his score in this series. Bobby Portis is giving you 12. Pat is giving you 10. So to me, the story of this series is Giannis. It's nothing but Giannis. This man is a beast, and there is nothing the Celtics can do about him. Pulling through the lane, each possession dominating on both ends. Now, I will say this. Giannis is one of the most physical players in the league, one of the most physical players the league has ever seen. But he's also the toughest to officiate. Some of his drives, there's just blatant charges. I'm not going to hold you. Some of his drives are blatant charges and the rest don't even call it. And it's tough to it's tough to defend him when you have to take blows to the chest every possession and the referees don't call it. But Giannis has earned the right. He's earned the right and he uses it to his, to his advantage. This is a very physical series. That's how Giannis plays, very physical in the paint. And listen, the Celtics are supposed to be the number one defensive team in the league, so there's no excuses. Um, everybody knows Giannis's game. You know how he's going to play. You know how he's going to come at you. You just can't stop it. This man is a back-to-back MVP for a reason. He's a reigning defending NBA champion for a reason. It's going to be very tough to take a guy like this out. Extremely tough. He's one of the few players in the NBA that you he disrupts your entire game plan and the defensive game plan is just him. It's him. It's not how do you stop the Bucks? It's how do you stop Giannis? Which is damn near impossible. But if you can slow down Giannis, there's a way that you can beat the Bucks. But listen, the Celtics are equipped to do it. I don't know if they can, man. This Giannis is looking extreme serious. Listen. Oh, I'm sorry. Even without Middleton, a lot of people are forgetting even Middleton has had to even play the game in this series. He's doing this without him against the number one defense in the league. Giannis is just a monster. He's just a beast. And listen, he's playing so well that he's taking the heart out of the Celtics a little bit. Jason Tatum, I don't like how he's playing in this series. He's had a phenomenal series last uh, last series against the Nets, tearing up KD, 
being a great two-way player that he is. And and what did he average? I don't, I don't remember what he averaged in the series, but definitely over 25. I think maybe 27 or 28. This series is only giving you 20. Now, I know the, the Bucks are clearly head and shoulders above the Brooklyn Nets in terms of defense, in terms of being a uh, a better defensive team. But Tatum, he's got to got to do a little bit more. 20 points is not it. And it's a struggle 22. Let's be real. The 20 points that he's giving you, it's a tough 20. Now, I know it's, it's tough for him to score, but he's taking a lot of jump shots. Um, he, he's kind of pushing for contact a little bit. And his moves just don't look as smooth this series. And it's probably because of the physicality, of course, but you got to overcome that. He's got he's to start taking it out, shooting a little bit more. Maybe he's going to have to start shooting more perimeter shots. More perimeter shots, more step-back threes, more impactful threes in that way that are pretty loud because going to the paint, it's not really going to work against this Bucks team. No matter who they have on you, they're playing tough physical defense. And listen, you just got to step up and score the ball no matter who's on you. Wes Matthews is the primary defender on you right now, and he should be shutting you down, my bro. He definitely should not be shutting you down, uh, Wes Matthews. So I know you can work him. I know you probably you're still trying to know figure out your way in this series figure out figure figuring out where your best spots are but um you gotta step up you gotta step up this is a tough series and when we know but listen this is a legacy series for you jt if you could come out of this series beating Giannis, taking out Giannis the back uh the defending champ a back-to-back mvp not back-to-back excuse me a two-time mvp that's going to be a great legacy for you. So we'll see how JT can step up. We're going to see how this game looks like. Maybe the Bucks might win this game four. So if they go up 3-1, it's going to be really tough, really difficult for the Celtics to really come back from that. And, oof, that's going to be tough. So we'll see how this series shakes out. I'll, I'll definitely be back here before, uh, for the end of the semifinals and see how all of these series shake out. Uh, a couple of teams I got bounced. We talked about the Nets before in that my eulogy episode. They got smoked out the playoffs. The Jazz, man, they got some reconstruction to do. There's been a lot of rumors going on about Rudy Gobert saying that he wants to split for Donovan Mitchell, that they're going to have to split. Listen, they need to split. Um, I know a lot of people get on Rudy Gobert, myself included, uh, for his contract and his production. But on the right team, Rudy can make some noise. And and I was talking to this uh, uh, with Damo. Um, and Donovan brought up a good trade. He said Rudy Gobert for Ben Simmons. I'm not mad at that trade. I actually like that. I think those those two can actually um, really, that swap can actually help both teams in a way. So we'll see if maybe if that could be something in the draw board. We'll see if the Utah Jazz actually uh, consider trading Gobert and actually uh, start fielding offers for him. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Mike Brown's the new head coach of the Sacramento Kings. Shout out to him there. We'll see what he can do with the Sacramento Kings with De'Aaron Fox. We'll see. Uh, ben Simmons undergoing back surgery. Oh, what a joke. Uh, what a joke for Ben Simmons. Back surgery. Hopefully he's better. They said, uh, I think Woe tweeted out that he should be ready for the start of training camp. Hopefully, most likely, uh, he needs to be. He better be <laughs> because he got traded. Listen, he quit on two teams. I mean, he didn't quit on the Nets yet, but he didn't really, you know, put his all into play uh, in the postseason like a lot of people wanted him to. So we'll see how how he recovers from that back surgery. We'll see. So, semifinals, 
really shaping up to really be a good one. I'm hoping every series could be 2-2. Two, two. We get a best of three in each one of these series. We'll see. I don't know how that's going to go. Um, yeah, these series, very good playoffs so far. Shaping up to be an excellent, excellent conference finals too whenever these series get done right here. Appreciate you, family. Keep it locked each and every week. I appreciate you guys joining me for a quick little mid-second round double tree recap. Um, I appreciate you joining me once again, as always, for another episode. Keep it locked. Keep it locked in on Above the Rim each and every episode on this playoff journey. Make sure you hit me up on Twitter, IG, and Facebook with all your hot NBA takes. Subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend. This is episode 180, family, and we out. here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.